Prioritizing research, development, and innovation is a central part of Saudi Arabia's transformation. The kingdom is committed to investing tens of billions of dollars over the coming decade to address the issues affecting everyone everywhere. A new RDI authority will provide leadership, direction, secure funding, and develop talent to drive innovation for the betterment of all mankind. We want the best talent worldwide to join us. For more information, visit rdia.gov.sa. Welcome to Scientific American's Science Talk, posted on January 12th, 2016. I'm Steve Mursky. On this episode... There was surprisingly no drop in intestinal parasite infections during Roman period compared with the previous period where you didn't have any toilets. That was really surprising. That's Piers Mitchell. He's in the Department of Archaeology and Anthropology at the University of Cambridge. He studies the interactions between humans and parasites during evolution, as well as parasites in past civilizations and how they've affected human health. He's the author of the 2015 book Sanitation, Latrines, and Intestinal Parasites in Past Populations. And he's just published a paper in the journal Parasitology titled Human Parasites in the Roman World, Health Consequences of Conquering an Empire. Evolution, parasites, and ancient Rome are all favorite subjects of mine, so as soon as I saw the title of the paper, I got in touch with Mitchell. I asked him to talk about the research and its counterintuitive findings. He sent me a five-minute voice recording via email. I was originally planning to pull a quote or two for our shorter podcast, 60 Second Science, but his entire mini-lecture is so good I decided to just play it all for you straight through. Here's Piers Mitchell. So the Romans were very well known for the sanitation that they developed and spread across the Roman Empire. So before the time of the Romans, we don't see toilets and things like that in Iron Age and and Bronze Age Europe. But the Romans introduced these technologies where we have multi-seat public latrines with hand-washing facilities and sponges to wipe yourself after you've been to the toilet. Um, and they had uh, sewers to take the uh, feces uh, away under the roads uh, to be disposed of elsewhere. They also had um, clean drinking water from aqueducts and um, uh, laws that involved uh, taking rubbish and feces out of towns uh, to try and make them, them them cleaner. So we would think that all these things would improve health of people under Roman rule, uh, especially when it comes to those parasites that might be spread by poor sanitation and, and contamination of, of your town by feces. So I looked at the different uh, evidence that we can see for how this would have uh, affected health in the past. So he looked at endoparasites. So these are parasitic worms and single-celled parasites that cause dysentery, for example. And he looked at all the archaeological evidence for these right across the Roman Empire and compared with the evidence in the Bronze and Iron Age before the Roman Empire. And we also looked at the ectoparasites, uh, looking at uh, how common fleas and body lice and, and head lice and so on were. And we looked for changes over time because uh, we thought that Roman baths, which would clean your skin and clean your hair regularly, might potentially cut down on the number of ectoparasites that people would have in the Roman period. And we can look at that archaeologically too. And what I found was that there was surprisingly no drop in intestinal 
parasite infections during Roman period compared with the previous period where you didn't have any toilets. That was really surprising because modern research suggests that having toilets should cut down on, on these parasites. And we think that one possible explanation for this could be that the uh, collection of the feces and rubbish from towns under Roman law was then taken out to fertilize the crops, which gave you more plants, but unfortunately resulted in uh, recontamination of the population because the human feces then got onto the plants that were then eaten again. So it may be that these very sanitation laws about keeping streets clean actually led to reinfection of the population, which was obviously uh, not quite what they had in mind. The other thing we found was that the use of Roman baths doesn't seem to have cut down on the prevalence of parasites on the skin and hair either. So if you compare the number of ectoparasites such as body lice and fleas, they were just as common in Roman period York, for example, as it was in Viking and medieval period York in in Britain. And so uh, Vikings and medieval period didn't go to the baths regularly. Romans did, but we still have just as many uh, body lice and fleas. So washing doesn't seem to have cut down on ectoparasites during the Roman period either. The other fascinating thing I found was that the fish tapeworm seems to become much more common across the Roman Empire compared with in the Bronze and Iron Age before the, uh, the time of the Romans, we see relatively low levels of fish tapeworm. And one possibility to ex explain this is that the Romans were very fond of a uncooked fermented fish sauce called garum. And this was made in northern Europe and then spread uh, across the empire because it was put in sealed jars, which could then be traded right around the empire. So it could be that this garum fish sauce was able to spread fish tapeworm from northern Europe right across the empire into areas where the fish tapeworm wasn't previously endemic. So it looks like this might be an example of the culinary ideas of the Romans being spread across their empire and consequently more people getting infected with parasites. So we could uh, argue that this was a bad health consequence of conquering an empire. So it's not to say that toilets and drains and things were bad in any way. Uh, they would certainly uh, have helped with smells. It would have mean you wouldn't have to pop home if you were out shopping in town. You could have used the public latrines, which would have been a good idea. And similarly, public baths would have made people smell less and, and make them cleaner. But neither of these things seem to have actually had a health benefit when it comes to in infections such as uh, parasites and that's a particularly unexpected finding but one that the evidence seems to be pretty convincing for. That's it for this short episode. Get your science news at our website www.scientificamerican.com where you can track down my 2013 column headlined Toilet Tissue Anthropologists Uncover All the Ways We've Wiped also about ancient bathroom habits, as you might have guessed. For example, the Greeks had a saying that, quote, three stones are enough to wipe, end quote. And follow us on Twitter, where you'll get a tweet whenever a new item hits the website. Our Twitter name is at Siam. For Scientific American Science Talk, I'm Steve Mursky. Thanks for clicking on us.
Prioritizing research, development, and innovation is a central part of Saudi Arabia's transformation. The kingdom is committed to investing tens of billions of dollars over the coming decade to address the issues affecting everyone everywhere. A new RDI authority will provide leadership, direction, secure funding, and develop talent to drive innovation for the betterment of all mankind. We want the best talent worldwide to join us. For more information, visit rdia.gov.sa.